know that we've been anticipating this for holy shit. I really want to say it's been since June. Since my birthday. It's been a while. Since my, my birthday's not in June. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember yet. We, we bought this a long time ago. Yeah. No, it's been since like. Yeah, it was June. It was June. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was June. Anyway, so we bought a very big bottle of beer. Jesus. Um, I don't. Oh, actually, yeah, you can see it. Right here. Yeah, if you're watching on our uh, live stream or yeah. if you're watching us on uh, YouTube, you Very, can you can see it. It it's a massive beer. Yeah. Is that is 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 the stem crooked like the neck? Um, it very well could be. I mean, uh, it's I, like uneven. I imagine there's an immense amount of pressure. It's a funny story. Um, back when the Bearded Monk had first opened, and we were like you know first visiting there, they had one of these bottles in there, and I think their cork was coming out. Wow. Like it looked like it was halfway out of the bottle, and I remember telling them about it, and like Ben was over there trying to shove it back into the bottle. I was like, "But um, on our bottle, there's actually a little bit of glue around the cork, so maybe they've wisened up." Is this safe to drink? It should be. Should we open this in like a bucket just in case the bottom <laughs> the bottom explodes? Well, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to open it. You, sh- you sure? Wait, you gotta do it right next to the mic so you get that pop. Oh, you'll hear it. Oh man. <laughs> I'm scared. Oh God! I think this might this might be the thing that just. Hey, you guys remember what happened last time? You guys remember what happened last time we all watched Brad open a beer? Oh God! And yeah, he almost died. Boca Thirty One, like he. Oh he man! Popped the thing on the on the bucket and just exploded. It was whenever he tried to help us, or whenever we moved the couch into my house. I think is yeah, what it was. Yeah. Stop! Damn it! Firmly grasp it. Bro, I'm getting worried that it's going to break off in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, there you go. Yeah, like that. <gasps> oh, my God. He did break it. I called it, dude. I called that shit. I'm so scared. If you watch this, I'm ready to fight this bottle. Bro, he's going to be using a jagged object to try to remove this thing. Oh, God. There is... Uh, <laughs> a wine opener? A yeah, it's a wine opener. Did you just pop my little I, bit? I heard a. Um, Oops. Oh, hey, there it goes. There it goes. Actually really anti-climatic. Like, the whole box explodes. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just see like the the rest of, like technical difficulties. <laughs> okay, so we all get. Oh about, wow. <laughs> about one and a quarter pints of this, with its you know largeness. So. Largeness. We'll let everybody attempt to pour their own. What the hell is am I smelling? Raspberries? No, it smells like my house. Maybe I should have helped you. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Your entire. (laughs) Your entire. All right, we're going to work on this together. This is going to be a teamwork exercise, okay? So. So, Brad, why don't you go ahead and explain what's. uh, Here. I'll, I'll tilt the cups. Come over here, my friend. Okay, so what we're drinking here is a raspberry farmhouse ale. Um, this is from Prairie Brewing, which is an Oklahoma-based brewery. Um, they've actually had this beer going around for a while now. Like I said, I remember seeing it in um, Bearded Monk when they first opened, which I think was back in like 2015. So they've been celebrating their third anniversary for a while. Um, we happen to see this in Total Wine here in Denton. Yeah. <laughs> I have to work on that a little bit. This this bottle 
uh, set us back $120 uh, for this large bottle. Can you make a meal? Yeah. Oh my god. So, uh, of Brad's full head pint, I guess, he's got maybe <laughs> half. Alright, that's good. Um, Ridiculous. But yeah. I think I've had this beer before, not in this large of a format, but I think I've had like okay. this beer by itself, and I, I recall back, it being back, back. good. There we go. I mean, it, it sounds good. Okay, here we go for right so now. Mr. Joseph's. Do you think you could drink this whole bottle? No. By yourself? Yeah, by yourself. Uh, like in one go? <laughs> I, I don't think oh, yeah, I don't. Hold on, hold on. Drink, drink that water, man. I don't yeah, know whose water that was. Well, no, like, it, like, okay, so I rinsed the glasses before we started, because in doing some research about you and proper beer pouring, I found that you're supposed to rinse your beer glasses with cold water before you pour. So, uh, Good the more you know. Pour. Who else would be tossed off? Uh, somebody. Uh, yeah, so that one's obviously so I was going to say, did you get a pint at all, Bobby? I got the bottle, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um. I don't know what else to say about this beer. It's big. <laughs> yeah, it's a farm farmhouse ale with raspberries. Um, has cool album artwork. Yeah, yeah. Prairie has some pretty cool um, artwork. Pop up a little bit more. Is, is the bottle any lighter? No. <laughs> Perfection. It needs to be topped up a little bit. Oh, you can explain you like our new sheets. Oh yeah. So. Um, uh, at the very least, I am, and I, I believe all of you guys should at some point try to attempt it at least the very first level. Um, studying the, the, the beer judging certification program, and I think we should all get into this. And so, what we have in front of ourselves today is the official score sheet for judging a beer competition. So, this way, we're actually going to be able to write down our thoughts. During the I got you, Bobby. Don't worry. When we're already, like, you know, pretty blitzed at the end of the episode, we'll be able to actually recall what we drink. I'm going to let you go without Anyway, I guess one thing to note is that this is actually scored out of 50. Yeah, so, so our, I think our rating system might change a little bit, or we'll just try to do some fancy uh, I, I think we should stick with I think we should just try to get out of 50. Okay, that's fine, yeah. And um, for those of you at home, if you're looking to like you know properly taste a beer and you know judge well, it, I'll get the uh, character side dissect it for all of its you know different qualities, what you should be judging is its aroma, how does it smell, its appearance, is it is it pleasing to the eye? Um, you know, talk about its flavor. What what do you taste inside it? What yeah, yeah, what do you what do you get from it? If you it? only taste one thing, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. So you know expand <laughs> expand, expand your flavor vocabulary. Uh, the mouthfeel, you know, um, uh, as our judging sheet says, you know, the body, carbonation, warmth, uh, creaminess, mm -hmm. astringency. Watch and the other palate sensations. No, no. It's just like the neck. Oh, okay, I gotcha. The the stem on the neck of it gets kind of slippery, so, so, be, so be careful. Alright. So, yeah, that's what we're gonna go through today. So, have we, has everybody gotten their pint? Mm -hmm. Alright, cool. So, um, today, our topic, what we're gonna talk about, um, big kind of announcement this week. NVIDIA just announced the new 2000 series graphics cards. Um, GTX is dead. <laughs> and now they're on the RTX. RTX. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's I mean, significant because, well, I mean, I guess with every time that they at least or release a new series, they're going to a new architecture, right? Yeah. And um, I noticed it's it's new RAM, right? Isn't it like G 
GDDR6 or something like that. Is it? I didn't notice that. I, I think that's what I saw in the specs, but it's actually a, If it's not a new number, it's at least, like, much faster and kind of different from the RAM we currently use. Right, yeah. I know there was a significant change in CPU architecture, uh, well, CPU, GPU architecture for, you know, these cards. Um, what I was kind of surprised that I didn't see was there wasn't a significant bump in um, the amount of memory on these cards. Like uh, they, yeah. they, they probably increased like well, you know the the you know the throughput and all that kind of stuff, but it's still like you know eight to eleven gigabyte cards. Probably not enough though to uh, they probably didn't boost up that throughput enough to uh, uh, actually. Uh, justify an increase in the amount of memory one of the weird things you know with the graphics cards memory um, is that it's kind of a a weasel word so to speak uh, whenever it comes to marketing yeah that's right i'm dropping the weasel word um yeah for teaching us the weasel words but you know it's it's something where generally people won't need that because um, most people are not going to be playing on a 4K monitor. A lot of games are not necessarily optimized for 4K. Um, maybe 2K, I feel like, is, is one of those ones that I'm kind of seeing. But generally speaking, most of the population is still playing games at um, 1080p. So at that point, you don't need to load all that much into memory. Um, so I mean, it, what, what's the reason for actually having you know a 16-gigabyte card um, because I mean, no matter what, 4K is only going to take, I mean, I don't know exactly how many gigs that, that actually is for 4K images, you know, being loaded into memory. And Well, what I'm trying to think about with like the memory is like, I don't know if it's so much even just like the textures that you're having to deal with anymore. Like, yeah, that takes up a whole lot of memory, but what games are getting a whole lot more sophisticated in these days is the physics. Yeah, for and sure. There's well, okay. So like to give you guys perspective, it is GDR6 and even the, uh, 1080Ti, its memory speed was only about 11 gigabits per second uh, versus now with the GDDR6, you're getting 14 gigabits per second. So, I mean, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you think of gigabits versus, I mean, yeah, it's a lot. Like, it is a significant jump. So, yeah, like, you know, they're going to be a whole lot faster, but, I mean, yeah, kind of like what we were saying with like the, the memory. There's not like a huge jump there, but maybe we're starting to get to the point of like oversaturation with how much memory is available on these cards. Um, maybe. I mean, I think definitely nowadays, at the very minimum, get a four gigabyte card. Yeah. Like I wouldn't get anything less. Than that. Right. Yeah. Like because I've got a 1080 right now, which I think is an eight gigabyte card, and before that I was running a 660 Ti, which had two gigabytes. So you know that's a significant increase. I think I think what you're really going to be needing like the large memory amount for these days is VR, because you know you're you're like you've got like not just what's in front of you but everything around you that you know that's trying to process. Maybe not exactly rendering it, but you've got you know all the physics that is trying to you know render um, you know particle well, not not particles but you know all that kind of stuff that's going on. Well, I mean even like. Said they were at least two fifty six bit, um, which which is what my card is. Which you yeah. need that if you're going to do like high high intensity, high quality gaming. Because if you try to get, I think it was like the ten sixties are like one ninety two bit or something like that. 
they'll run most things, but they're not going to be able to run it on the highest setting. So I think all the cards in the uh, RTX were, uh, what is it, 256-bit. Right. Yeah, I'm actually looking at the chart right now. You're, you're right. Um, and even the, the GTX 1080 had a 256-bit. Right. Um, yeah, and then I think the highest version, the RTX 2080 Ti, has 352-bit uh, memory bus. Yeah, see, and <laughs> that's something that, like, I know I didn't personally look at till I was actually getting my newest card, mm -hmm. and it's like you can get something that is technically slower core-wise, but if that is bigger, you can actually process a whole, so many more, more images yeah, per, per second, so it really doesn't matter yeah. with the actual core speed. But then I overclocked it, so... <laughs> <laughs> um. So one of the big things that they were talking about this RTX that is supposed to really excel at is um, real-time ray tracing. Mm. It's one of the big um, marketing things that they were talking about, which um, I guess to try and give a really quick TLDR on that is whenever a game is rendering like lighting and reflections and stuff like that, what's happening is that wherever that light source is going to be, like you know a light bulb or the sun in the game or something like that, what the computer's doing is you know shooting a line from that to whatever the light would hit and calculating how much reflection needs to you know, bounce off of that and like how bright that particular texture needs to be. Excuse me. So lighting is usually one of the most expensive things that you know, you're doing in rendering and your graphics card is having to handle, but um, these cards are supposed to really excel at that kind of you know, math. So is it that it's, because essentially like the way it worked before was it kind of just, it, it, from what I understand, uh, it more or less kind of faked it so it would be like bigger areas with it might have reflected in such a way that wasn't natural but it, it just looked good enough now is it like breaking it down to smaller and smaller I guess literally doing ray casting as opposed to maybe like an area that it's doing it in yeah so I think you know part of it was like um, like you know yeah like you said it wasn't it, it, the current generations aren't fast enough to you know do it um and what would be like as um, natural? Yeah, as that. Yeah, 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 as real as you can be. Because like what what you're doing, like when we have like animated movies or just a rendered image, uh, what they can do is they can do like thousands of passes on that right. that image or frame, so that they can get like you know as close to that as we can. But you know when you're talking about a game, you have a split second to you know to to, to render that frame. So, you know, current generations was doing just kind of a good enough sort of thing, but with this, um, you know, it's going to have a lot, it's going to be a lot quicker and a lot faster to be able to do that in a much more realistic way. Hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> here's something that we can, we can talk about real quick. Uh, Tyler Wade Hens is asking, how much should I spend on a starter gaming PC? Uh, the standard, I feel like, that I've always heard at least, is like about a grand. You can get away for eight hundred. Eight hundred. Well, a starter and like you know, if if budgets are big concern, there are a lot of ways that you can kind of cut corners. And like what I've kind of seen on like some of the the build a PC, like you know, subreddits and forums and stuff like that, is that the lower threshold tends to be. If you really try, you can get something for six hundred. It's not going to be really fancy. I was able to do for six hundred, and I survived for a long time off of that. But what year was that? I mean, that was when we, when you guys, when you and Zach were living together. Yeah, exactly. yeah, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. When Zach and I were living together, that was before the crypto boom. Yeah. 
I guess that's so. Fair. GPU prices have skyrocketed, so that's you know going to really like kind of make. Well, it but see, I would almost argue for your first build, you shouldn't get the latest and greatest graphics card. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Yeah, Just because I mean, like, if like I, in, if you ask me, I would rather get something that. Is not future proof because that's just a stupid concept in general. Because the second you buy it, it's it's already out of date, in my opinion. Like I would just scrape something together that works at at least higher, very high quality, and then once you actually can, you know, work and save up for that good graphics card, just slap that in, and you're good to go. You know, I mean, it's kind of weird right now because newer motherboards are moving to DDR4 RAM. And now we're getting these new graphics. Five, I believe. No, it's no four is what's current out. You said GGD, GDDR6 for the uh, well, new ones. Oh, you're talking about just regular DDR for... Yeah, for, your, yeah, for your so, PC. Like, mm-hmm. Honestly, I would suggest don't even get a motherboard that has four. Get one that still has three. Well, I think even like right now, GDDR4 is starting to become pretty commonplace. Well, I mean, but the problem is, is the price per stick... Yeah, RAM is still super expensive. Yeah, so, so if you, you can't, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're gonna do your first build, I mean, you can go balls to the walls, but I mean, I piecemealed it together and got it for pretty cheap. And even now, like, I'm playing fucking uh, what is that? PUBG on the highest graphics settings, uh, 60 frames a second at 2K. So it's like not, and, and, and but that's been like a slow buildup of getting new. I mean, the, the, the main trouble, in my opinion, comes when you have to get a new motherboard, so then you essentially have to replace, yeah, redesign <laughs> how it's going to fit into your case. I mean, also you can play the whole, like, wait for sales and, like, you know, Cyber Monday deals and stuff like that. Yeah. Get a good deal on some parts here and there, or you can play all kinds of games with discounts and stuff. I mean, and then utilize PC parts. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, there's That's definitely, it. like, yeah, there's all kinds of ways to, like, you know, make it a lot cheaper to build. But, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to, you know, get something that's not crazy, but, you know, kind of just very entry-level starter, um, you're definitely looking at $700, I'd say, like, 3 $3. <laughs> no, definitely definitely $700, well, 800 Would you guys nowadays still suggest Intel, or would you say, as far as a processor, would you say Intel or AMD? No, because, uh, what's it called? Uh, it, it's gotten to the point now to where they're not doing as much uh, uh, brand-sponsored stuff. Uh, back in the day, you used to see um, uh, games, whenever they booted up, it would show, uh, you know, made for NVIDIA or designed with ATI Radeon in mind, you yeah, know, back in the way old days. Like, if you would buy a game, I think it was, like, Metro... 2033 or like last light where like they do you, nvidia yeah if you for were to the metro buy this graphics card it's like you'd get this game for free and i don't really do that too much anymore so i agree with that but uh i'm saying as far as processors are concerned because now in- intel is doing their hexacore processors but you could have i mean for years i mean i had an eight core amd processor mm-hmm. and it was only like 150 bucks versus like i think those hexacores are what like 300 or 
Right, but multi-threading wasn't um, overly popular with uh, with developers until more recently, where it's become kind of commonplace to have multi-threaded applications. So therefore, more cores didn't mean better; it actually meant a little bit worse because the applications weren't utilizing multi-core. But now that are multi-threading, now you can have that because you have multi-threading, you have multi-core, uh, multi-process support, you know, kind of deal. Um, so games can be optimized to run on both systems because it's. I mean, everybody is already performing at uh, multi-threaded capacity, I guess, to speak. Um, it's kind of similar to, like, uh, you know, the reason why people used to do uh, uh, NVIDIA versus uh, AMD is because NVIDIA was known for their CUDA cores, which is, I guess, just their way of, like, having little uh, the transistors on the chipset, I believe, is, like, what that's supposed to be. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they, uh, they, they just had a slightly different architecture, but I think as time's gone on, architecture, our architecture on all platforms is starting to merge. We used to have a day whenever consoles ran on a completely architecture, but now they all use the exact same PS4 and Xbox use the exact same Jaguar chip, which was an APU, uh, upon release. It's becoming the same for basically everything. Everything's going to go to that same architecture that you see, I feel like on a, um, on a uh, cell phone. I mean, granted, it's going to be a slow process, especially for PCs, but everything's kind of going towards the the revolutionary APU where everything is on the same chip. It's all on the same uh, general architecture for compatibility reasons. You know, it's just it's just the way times are moving now. It makes things easier for developers, makes things easier for uh, hardware manufacturers, things like that. But I mean, for like, um, you know, building a PC... I think the Intel AMD debate isn't really such a big deal anymore. Um, I mean, I'd take out AMD. Yeah, yeah, just because, because it saves you money. It does save yeah, you money. Really and I've never... That's why I would recommend it. There's, yeah, like, the only compatibility differences there really is that your is your motherboard. Because all the other pieces right. you know, okay. are compatible on both sides. Because uh, when you're talking about gaming, multi-core on your CPU doesn't matter that much. Because mm. most, most games... Most, it, most games are for CPU dependent calculations are pretty single threaded. But for, I, I have run into games that when I had a when I had an Intel Duo Core uh-huh. um, that was like three gigahertz or something like that, uh-huh. it wouldn't run some games because they required a third thread or core, either one. Interesting. I mean, maybe that's changing. But I mean, a classically CPU, the CPU dependent math was just like you know mainly single, maybe dual core. Mm-hmm. But what it, what matters is like you know the multiprocessing that you can do on your graphics card. Yeah, and now I think the the engines have become so robust. Uh, Unreal, Unity, um, Cry, Cry is it Crytek? Crytek, yeah. Yeah, Crytek's engine. They've become so robust that they can they can basically make their way through whatever hardware that you have in there, as long as it puts out enough horsepower. Mm-hmm. And, and it's honestly like I never viewed it as one solid purchase. It was always build up to what you want, and then just realize you're going to always constantly be building. some point I'm probably going to have to buy dual 4K monitors and you know it's going to be another what like $500 down the drain yeah even though like you know 4K is starting to come pretty uh, standard on like consoles and stuff I think PCs are going to have a little bit of like catch up because like only like 4K monitors are only really starting to 
hit the market, they're really like expensive. And what it is is like the the input latency that goes into those monitors. Because with the PC monitor, you need to have really super low latency, and they're just not there yet for monitors. Well, no monitors. I thought typically always had much better refresh rates than. Well, that's what I'm saying. So your latency is really low. Right. Yeah. So like to get the low latency on a 4K monitor. Oh, okay. I see yeah. What you're <laughs> is is more difficult. Okay. Well, because it's so goddamn big. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so many pixels that you're trying to shove into it. Um, okay, so let's move on a little bit from our dry tech talk. Um, we, I know we had, before we got into politics, I know we had one other topic that we wanted to On the subject of video games? Was it? Yeah, it was like, I guess. Oh. We were talking about like how. Dark Souls Trilogy. Yeah, and like how they keep pushing back the Switch release. Yeah. And well, stuff I like that. It, it supposedly has a solid release date now. Oh. Well, yeah, same yeah. date. Mm-hmm. They're releasing the Trilogy, which is. Yeah, every other console. Includes the HD remake. Yeah, remaster, whatever. That just makes me mad because it's like, all right. So for me, I'm a long-time Dark Souls fan. Uh, I've been playing the game since Demon Souls, and that's how my my first entry into the Souls game, and or Souls series, I should say. Like, I beat everyone except for Demon Souls. I never beat Demon Souls because that game was just stupid. But (laughs) I, I don't know. It's like. For them to release, like, you know... How much was the Dark Souls Remastered Edition? It's $40, I believe. Okay. For Switch ads. $40 on Switch, and then it's going to be $60 for the collection for PS4 and Xbox And that, that to me, just sits, that just sits wrong with me. Because, like, just on it... I mean, you're saving money, sure. You're still having to spend the money You're on saying it sits wrong with you, the pricing of the Switch version? Oh, no, just, just like, the of the collection. Of the collection, the which trilogy. includes all three games and DLCs. That's just like kind of a, for me, it feels like kind of a cash grab. And I say that mainly because Dark, while Dark Souls 3 was, it is, was and is a really good game. And I mean, all the games like have their own like different place in my heart. Like Dark Souls 2, um, I forgot which edition that was because I actually have it. I actually bought it. I think it was like, is the Scholar of the First Sin edition? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so. When that came out, I have it. I still have the original box art for that. I still I bought it. It was like seventy or eighty bucks for the three sixty, and that was one of the only Dark Souls games that that was the first Dark Souls game that I actually went through and fully completed and got every all the achievements for. It took me forever, and I was like, cool. I'm gonna go back and do this on the, for the first and third game, and I I haven't done that yet because it's 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 a long game. But uh, for me, I, I want us to say that for them to kind of like put the price tag for ten bucks a piece on each one is kind of weird. I mean, I appreciate it, but at the same time, I don't just cause it kind of feels like cash grabbing now. And I kind of didn't want to seem, I didn't want to see front, like, you know, from software ever like kind of like, Hey, here's the trilogy for it. And now you can play all the games again that are already been remastered and already been released separately all at once for 60 bucks. But it's like, if you were to go out and buy the game individually right now, you'd probably, I mean, honestly, you probably would spend about the same amount. Yeah. I uh, think you I think would. about it, but it's, it's just like, for me, it's like, if you haven't played Dark Souls 2 yet, um, don't. yeah, don't. It's not. I, I didn't like Dark Souls 2. Okay, so the reason why people hate on Dark Souls 2 is because it's not it's not directed by the same, uh, uh, I forget Shiro. his name. M, his last name starts with the M. Miyamoto. Mazas, I don't know. But uh, that's one reason why people don't like the second game. The second game introduced what's called soul memory, which is in Dark Souls 1, it was pretty much like if someone was around your level, 
Um, you can summon them if they have it. If they're they can be further in their game. They can be further in the game, and they can summon you, but you couldn't summon them. So you had to be with the same like distance in the game and around the same level, and that's how it worked. It was pretty easy to follow. Dark Souls Two introduced something called Soul Memory, where there's different tiers where the number of souls you get determines like determines your soul memory. Okay, so yeah, Mizuki, that's right. So that wasn't good because let's say you soul memory. It's just the number of souls you get over time, regardless if you lose them or not. So let's say you get stuck in an area for like a month or something, and you're just sitting there and you're farming these souls. And like in this one area, you accumulated 100,000 souls, and someone's playing the same amount of time as you, but they haven't really killed anything, and then they're the same exact part and the same exact like level as you. That doesn't mean you can necessarily play with them, right? So what some people will do, and there's, there's actually ways you can stop it with, like, different items in the game. So people who are, like, veterans of the game know exactly what to go get, exactly what to hold on to. They can get a ring that stops them you from eating. It just eats up all your souls, so you stop accumulating them. It'll do that, but they'll be, like, a veteran-level player and go play PvP and then just destroy you. And, like, so you would be like, oh, cool. Like, I'm level, I'm level, like, you know, 100. I'm level, like, you know, 60-something. And this guy is, like, level 40, but because he, like capped his soul memory in the game and knows how to play the game perfectly he's like all right like all my things are set to self build i can just come up and just destroy you and you're like why is this level 40 beating me and it was just like the pvp experience was better but worse so it's just like them trying to bring back the whole trilogy just seems kind of like cash grabby to me like dark souls dark souls 2 i don't think is worth 10 bucks that's, that's kind of what i'm getting at they're, i mean they're, they're definitely not the first developer really. yeah Oh God, you're right, and that and it's like that's kind of that, that's kind of well, I would if I could, Scott. <laughs> that's that's kind of my, my the broader uh, argument here too is just like I'm I'm ready for all, all the new games to come out uh-huh. for sure. I'm just kind of tired of seeing a bunch of the games being rehashed and like re-released, like oh, because like you know now we have better technology. And I need you, we all knew that was going to happen because I mean it's whenever like the Yeah, and for me, it's like I, I want to see ingenuity. I want to see these new concepts come out. I want to see. I think it's like, honestly because of Ludum Dare. Like after like competing in that, I'm like, dude, look at all the crazy ideas you can get just out of this one concept alone. And then, yeah, like what? <laughs> so it's like whenever you see a game that's rehashed, and like I know there's people out there like, no, they totally didn't remake this game, and I'm okay with that. But when they do it like five or six times. Like, I guess a good example besides Dark, uh, Dark Souls would be Darksiders. They re-released, like, the Warbound edition or, like, the Deaths. Uh, what was the edition? Darksiders? Well, so there was Definitive Edition and Warmasters. Yeah, Death Definitive death Edition because you play as Death in the, in the second one. I'm like, cool. This game was already out. Like, well, stop releasing it. Death and um, War I mean that makes sense for the story, but I mean like. They make an appearance in Smash Bros. Dude, they better not. No. Actually, I know they you can't. Motherfucking Smash Brothers Ultimate, fucking getting <laughs> Castlevania characters. Yeah. Like, how crazy! You didn't hear about that? Or no. maybe you're on vacation. Well, anyways, they did a direct, and Richter Belmont is gonna be in it. Oh yeah, so Luigi's dead right now. Like, so is oh, Luigi yeah. not gonna be? He'll be in well, it. No, the Reaper killed Luigi. 
So he, so he walked into he walked into Dracula's castle, and usually you find the Reaper, and the Reaper steals all your powers. Uh-huh. Well, instead he just straight up killed Luigi. So does that mean for Smash Bros. Ultimate, either Luigi's not there or Luigi is just a ghost? He, he's ghost. straight up just dead. Hey, you know who's also not? Yeah, it's it's like, so you choose Luigi. Well, and actually, you just flop onto the it, it's flying. Like, <laughs> Nintendo had to release a statement saying that that Luigi's still alive. Yeah. People but, uh, freaking out about it so Oh, but much. they didn't release a statement when they, like, stabbed, like, Mario, Mario through the chest. Mario through the goddamn chest. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> no, like, and see, like, games like that, like Smash Bros, that has, like, a long, like, lineage, that's fine, because they're, like, they're keep, you know, they're building up upon it. But, like, I think a while ago, I think I have the video on my phone, actually. Yeah, I do. It's back when, you know, you and I used to live together with uh, Skylar. Um... No, no, it was, it was us three. We lived with each other. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sorry, sorry, let's think something else. But um, they were saying that Dark Souls Three was probably be the last Souls game, and I was like, no. Nah! Well, I mean, it is because they're moving on to Shadows it, Die Twice. Yeah, which, everything we've seen from that is Bloodborne it's, meets Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, but like even in like the trailer, it literally says you will not die so easily. Yeah, so, like, when you die, you get back up. And so, and that's one thing. Different concept. I don't, yeah, I don't know how that game's gonna work out. I'm I'm gonna play it. It looks good, but like at the time, I was like, man, Dark Souls 3 is gonna be last. Dark Souls, like, no, because that's when Bloodborne was first out. Dark Souls 3 wasn't even out yet. Yeah, and I was super excited for it to be released because it was the new iteration. But when they keep you know re-releasing these games that are coming out, or just they just a re-release and they just tack on the DLC, it's like people who have already played the game probably already have the DLC for it, and if they don't. Then what the hell are you doing? Like, just they'll just buy the DLC. If you bought Dark Souls three without the DLC, like, you made a mistake. You bought Dark Souls two, you made a mistake. <laughs> you bought Dark Souls two with the DLC, you made an even bigger mistake. That DLC was just horrible. I will honestly say, like, that was I was so it was it was way way too hard for what you were given. Like, compared to Dark Souls one, Dark Souls one, I saw the DLC for that because I'm in New Game Plus three and I played the DLC with it, and that's a horrible decision. But I don't know, I'm just tired of seeing all these, you know, remakes coming out, I guess is what I'm getting at. And if you haven't played Dark Souls, by all means, go play it. I'm not mad at Dark Souls for doing I mean, I guess I am kind of just mad at it. But... Uh, Bobby, all you've been doing is bitching about Dark Souls. <laughs> Fuck Dark Souls, man. I really... Okay, so I... Well, I mean, I, I think it's to go without say, though. You played and beat every single yeah. Dark Souls and all of its DLC. So it's... it's You're obviously a glutton for punishment. Fuck but yeah. Like, so, I mean, you know how I know that Bobby's a really big fan of Dark Souls? How much he hates Dark Souls. I fucking hate Dark Souls. You know what you did to me? You're just, you're just like a Star Wars fan. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you haven't played the games, I guess this. I, I guess what I'm saying is, when they release this this trilogy, when they're going to release it, it's hitting a very, very, very small, like, you know, market. Because I don't know why the hell you would even just go out and buy. Oh, shit. I have an Xbox One. Yeah, you do. I have a reason to buy it. Hmm. Yeah. But see, but see, but Switch? yeah, but see, that's what I'm saying. For someone who like you was waiting for it to come out on Switch, you know, and now that the trilogy is coming out, you can have all three games with all DLCs yeah, for I twenty bucks I, more. I do feel like a bit bit shafted though. Yeah, see, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, 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 like if I only had the Switch, because I just now remembered that on Xbox. If I only had the Switch, uh, and like you know, I, it's like I was sitting there, I was like, okay, I've been waiting for you know Dark Souls since it was supposed to come out back in like. June. Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, it's not coming out till you know late summer." Well, late summer is now, and it's not coming out till October. And then they just announced that, "Oh, hey, 
at the, the very same day that the Switch guys are finally getting Dark Souls, everyone really else can get all three. Yeah. For like a really decent and, price. And that's what I'm saying. It's like. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Brad. It only ran 30 frames a second on Switch. The, see, I don't care about that. It's really uh, 60 at least. Well, okay. He's never. He's never been to Blighttown. So. <laughs> You, you want it to run at 60 FPS. I mean, is, is that kind of like... And that's what it's going to Dark run. Souls? Is, is that like Theron Woods and Breath of the Wild, like, pre-update and then post-update? Yeah, where it's all shattery and shit. Yeah, and like, yeah. really choppy. Dark Souls 1... Yeah, I, know I know about that. Dark Souls 1, whenever you first played it, and this is when it first came out on 360 and PS3, um, if you got to Blighttown, whenever you would first walk into it, it was fine, but whenever you got to the first opening... I think your frame rate would just drop you like, like, like 10. Yeah. So, so without being all spoily, is that because like, like a bunch of like lighting stuff? Or mm, just like a bunch of like objects? I think, yeah, I think it's just it's trying to render, like it's both trying to do both a lot of like physics objects, mm. a lot of enemies that you can't see because of, because of lighting, and then like the draw distance of it. Mm. It's a really, really, it opens up into a way bigger area, but it's like it has to keep track of all the things at once, right. plus the physics, yeah. plus the enemies, yeah. and the game's just like, God, what's happening? And it doesn't get better until like you get to like the I guess the bottom part of it. See, like in, in Breath of the Wild with like Farron Woods, it is like it is no, it's the Lost Woods. One of my fucking one of the woods. It was the Lost Woods. Um, <laughs> tree town. You, you've got you've got all these trees going on, and they got physics with the trees, and there's like fireflies and water and just everything. There's and, tr- there's like, trees in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and you can find them. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't do that in any fucking game. game you can't do that in Dark Souls. But you know what's funny? In, in Demon Souls, you, know, you if there's a chest high ledge and you run towards it, you'll climb up on it. But you know, not every other Dark Souls. Yeah, fucking Dark Souls. <laughs> so yeah, so what I'm saying is like you know, cases like me who's someone who's already beaten it. There's not a use for me to buy the game. I feel like they just kind of threw it out for like, let's get everyone who hasn't played it yet. Like this is the chance to get it. And it's like at this point, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just wait for? You know, I mean, Neo already came out, even though, like, we, I guess we didn't really beat Neo. But, um, if you just wait for Shadows Die Twice or something, yeah, at this point. I mean, if you, if, not if you haven't beaten, if you haven't beaten, like, played any of the Dark Souls or beaten any of them, then, like, yeah, sure, go buy it. You know, but if you have, then why would you get it again? So, it's just like, if you had Bloodborne, I don't see the point of you picking up Dark Souls 2 or 1, to be honest. Like, they're good games, sure, but I think you're going to have more fun of a time playing through Bloodborne multiple times and with the DLC than you are with Dark Souls 1 and 2. So Bobby, what I'm hearing from this is that you're mad about this because you don't need it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's what I'm getting at. But overall, it's it's, it's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of tired of seeing all these re-releases come out. Like, the whole Spyro thing, like, we were talking about this earlier, like, yeah. Spyro. Spyro is different. It's different, though. but well, it's like, you've played it as a kid. I didn't play it as a kid. I I'm going to buy it. Man, fuck you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> no. I had the first PlayStation console I got was a PS2. First oh. PlayStation console I got was a PS4. Damn. Mm. First PlayStation console I got. Damn, have I ever have I had every single console that's ever come out? What? Did you have a see, Neo Geo? See, in my family, no. we were hardcore Nintendo until the Xbox 360. Because you lived in Korea. That Fair. Was the first, <laughs> that was the first other console that we ever had. Everything else was, you know, NES and 64 or GameCube. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm just tired of just the remakes coming out. Yeah, I just, I just want good th- good games to come out. Like, just do you consider Spider-Man a remake? 
the new Spider-Man game coming out. No. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't because it's like there have been a lot of other Spider-Man games, but there uh-huh. are there are technically this one's kind of different because I mean there's some characters that have already been in it, but it's mostly like a reboot. I'm I'm kind of gonna go ahead and say, but yeah, and then yeah, again, but with Dark Souls at least it's like the game. These games have been out for a long time, and it's at this point. I guess this product is only for people who I just don't see the, like the logic in it. It's just like you're just like this much people left who haven't. If you haven't played all like the games, that's who it's targeting. Well, and I'm like, one of those people is sitting at this table. So actually two. Actually, two so people. Shut up. <laughs> well, I'm saying it's good for you guys. You guys get to play it. But for someone else, like, what the hell? Else, what the guy? What the hell are you guys doing from software? What, what what's have up? you done for me lately from software? That's all. Yeah, I'm that's what I'm saying. I guess I'm being kind of. I guess I am being kind of selfish and hateful about now that I think about it. Where's well, my new game? Dark Souls is one of your favorite games. Yeah, yeah it's no, it's I one know. of my serious like favorite. I, you know, I, as much as I bitch, I'm bitching about it now. It's just it is one of serious, still one of my favorite hey, series. So, From Software has just announced uh, Dark Souls 1 VR. Won't play it. Won't play it? Hands down, won't play it. Okay, Dark Souls 2 VR. Hell no. <laughs> Dark Souls 3 VR. Um, what about VR? How much VR? is it? How much? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's released at new retail price, uh, $60. What kind of VR is What the fuck? It's, it's, it's on the HTC Vive, so you get room scale. You can rule yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if I can get an you know an immersive experience like that, then yeah. But you know that well, that's the thing. It, that, it's different. Then it's actually adding something new. It's a new feature. But to read, I mean, that's what they like. I, like I think that's the latest port for Skyrim. Was you know you can roll. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's VR, so I, I mean it's it's room scale VR with the vibes. So I haven't played it yet. It's one of the ones I, I do want to get because apparently it's like the best VR experience ever. Uh, I could see somebody asphyxiating or asphyxiating themselves uh, with the uh, with the VR on yeah. that rolling VR. Well, I mean, the Vive has it pretty well handled because like your headphones are connected in the back somewhere and it comes around, like behind your neck. Well, what you got to get is the TP cast. The TP cast makes it so much easier, from what I've heard. What's that? It's it's a wireless receiver. For the HTC oh. Vive, it's Chinese built. It's kind of the uh, alternative well, for the new. first party one. Wasn't it? Wasn't that one coming out when we had all the batteries exploding in the Samsung phones? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I've but, got a. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say uh, we've got a coworker who actually has the TP cast and he swears by it. He uh, and I believe it's like a hundred and fifty something dollars too. So it's not something that you just like. Oh wow, this is yeah. I know, I know. It's, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The, like the second core of that was like it, it hit me with like with Dark Souls like CO two or something. Maybe we should have uh, shaken the uh, bottle up to make sure everything was well mixed. You got hit by the you got hit by the realization that you're probably Maybe not gonna get Dark Souls. Yeah, dude. Yeah, sure. Here, I'll go ahead and I'll start mm-hmm. pouring some stuff. You got hit by the uh, the realization that you probably won't get Dark Souls on the Switch because <laughs> you won't need to. Oh, thank you. So, what's our next topic? Next topic is Dark Souls. More Dark Souls, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, no. Bottom We're line is, making the president. Bottom line is, I know I'm kind of bitching for no reason. And people are like, "What the hell are you talking about? The Dark Souls is great." Yeah, I get that. It's just I'm just tired of seeing remakes. Like I just. I thought, you know, I didn't want Dark Souls to let me down and be like, this is not necessarily a remake. This is a, a re-release with all the DLC. And it's like, you get. <laughs> it just kind of let me down a little bit. Like, it's not that big of a deal, but I am making a bigger deal than it is. Yeah, you 
But uh, I really am. I really am. And I know I'm being kind of a bitch right now, but whatever. <laughs> well, if we're ready to move into our really hairy topic of the evening, I guess. Yeah, so fucking Trump played Dark Souls yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> he played Dark Souls 2. <laughs> he played Dark Souls 2 online. Uh, yeah, so I mean, if you've been keeping up with the news uh, yesterday, which... You've been seeing some shit. Rather than a Thursday, yesterday was a Tuesday... Um, a terrible Tuesday. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was some pretty crazy stuff. So, as a TLDR recap, Manafort. Um, Who's Manafort? That is Trump's uh, campaign manager for the 2016 election. Um, has been found guilty of eight counts. Eight out of 18? Eight, eight out of 18. Ten, ten yeah. were declared a mistrial because the jury couldn't um, come, to it. come to a conclusion. No, because they were scared as fuck. But that does mean that those ten counts can be retried because it's a mistrial. So rather hmm. than like like him being you know let off those that's you know something, and he also has another trial coming up either later this month or next month about some other charges I don't know what they are exactly, <laughs> but yeah so he's not done yet. But of the uh, of the eight counts that he was found guilty for, he has a maximum sentence of two hundred some odd years. Jesus. Yeah, so I mean, it's like, it's like if they just stopped there, he's already like he's sixty something years. You know, old. he won't get two hundred. So, he won't get two hundred. Yeah. He'll probably get like five. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, to be honest, like we'll, he. We'll see what happens there. Can, um, yeah. Do Do we, we want to move this? Well, weren't some of them state? Tra- I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say things that I don't know for sure. Um, okay, so that happened. Then uh, Michael Cohen, who is. Uh, Ex-lawyer. Trump's former lawyer. Yeah. Um, who was the one that paid hush money to Stormy Daniels, the porn star. This is the thing that's probably going to bring him down, is a porn star. Um, uh, pled guilty to charges of campaign finance uh, stuff. Yeah, illegally uh, financing a campaign. Yeah, and he, he basically he, he like testified under oath yeah. in the courtroom that I did it under the direction, what he said was the direction of a candidate running for a federal office, which he can't name names at that point in the process, but I mean, everybody knew it was Trump, and then his uh, uh, his lawyer, the lawyer's lawyer, right. came out and Holy said, shit. you know, word for word, what it if, was Trump that directed what if, what if what if, he's, what, if, what if it was actually just Mike Pence? This <laughs> <laughs> is all Mike Pence. Like, tr- Trump, Trump knew about it, he knew okay, so about you know, it, right? You know something, like, like, Mike Pence's face doesn't look exactly real, so what I'm expecting is someday at the end of all this, Mike Pence is going to remove his mask, Guys. and it's going to be Putin. No, 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 guys. See, I still think he's the guy from uh, Johnny Quest. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, uh, no, it's just like you know, cleaning the swamp. It's actually just going to be uh, Shrek. <laughs> it's a copy of Shrek Six. He, pull, he pulls off his face. And Get out of my swamp! Yeah. What are you doing <laughs> in my swamp? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you know, a lot of things have happened. Oh man! This week was it like yeah, the second one hits you. It hits hard. Yeah, it's weird. Punch me in my tongue. It, it has like like once you open the bottle, it like does it, something happens in there. So, yeah, <laughs> I might have to revise a little bit of my score. <laughs> so <laughs> all this all this came to light. Uh, what was it Tuesday? Tuesday. And uh, what was it? Trump didn't say anything about it. At today. all till today, but well, the, he did kind of say a little bit about it yesterday. So right before his rally yesterday, um, yeah, he had a rally. <laughs> yeah, he had a rally yesterday, had a rally. which oh. was you know poor timing. But you know how could he know? 
Um, but like you know, when he was getting off Air Force One, there's always like you know where the press like asks, can you ask him some questions? Um, and he said, "Oh, all the things that have happened today have nothing to do with me." I mean, no. He called. Um, he called uh, Manafort a good man, and that was because. Uh, Manafort hadn't accepted any kind of deal or anything like that, whereas Cohen had gone through and yeah, he's full on flipped. Yeah, hey, I gotta get the hell out of here, man! He's gonna crazy. He, he, but the thing that was interesting was that he didn't even like respond to any questions about Cohen. He or uh, yeah, Cohen, and that was that was kind of the goofy part. Yeah, about all Sarah of it. Huckabee Sanders for their press conference today. Yeah, so he, he made some he made some tweets today um, that were like you know just kind of a, the whole you know denying mm-hmm. line of sort of thing. Um, I don't have anything in front of me that I can look them up right now. Um, but I know he was saying he was trying to like downplay the whole Manafort conviction because he's like, oh, <clears throat> there was ten counts that they couldn't even decide on. You know, not like you know, not talking about the fact that he was found guilty on eight counts. Yeah, there was those eight counts. Man, this has just been a crazy year. This is like a really bad. You're watching like a really really crazy show on TV. Like it's it, it's like it's like the House of Cards. But but yeah, but way better. Jeez. What else? You know, the house of cards can't even keep up anymore, especially after all the Kevin Spacey stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys hear about the Kevin Spacey movie that came out last weekend? No. It, it had a box office of like $200. Wow. I didn't even know that he was coming out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know there was a movie coming out. Yeah, it was called like, uh, oh God, what was it? Kevin Spacey is the, not in this Kevin Spacey movie? It was like, rich. Oh yeah, it actually. That's a really bad. Yeah, that's a really bad title. Really unfortunate name for a movie starring Kevin Spacey. Okay. Anyway. Oh, it was called Billionaire Boys Club. Okay, mm. that's better. But still, <laughs> that's so pretty. Than whatever it was you said. Uh, and I, I know it was something like really weird, but yeah, <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, the movie only had like a few hundred dollars in box office. Did, what was dang. the What was the budget? Uh, hopefully, like fifty. Uh, a lot more than that. I mean, I, here I, I can get you more facts in a bit. So just facts. One yep. thing too was um, whenever he, what is it? I thought it was crazy that at the rally that they had after all this, this came out, they were all chanting. They were all up. still ch- like chanting "Walk her up, up" and all like, this stuff, and it's like, dude, like this Hillary's still the evil boogeyman. God, okay, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So it had a budget of fifteen million dollars. And its domestic opening weekend box office took in six hundred and eighteen dollars. Damn. They tanked, dude. Damn. They basically just like made a movie like, here you go, you can have this one. We don't want it. That's like Well, I think they gave it away at a garage sale. That's basically what they did. <laughs> it wow. was um I think because it was being made before all the out Al- Al- Allegations. Allegations. Allegator. Gations. And, and then he, he came up and being like, I'm secretly a gay man. I mean, you yeah, can kind of look at him and tell. Wrapped in 2016. Mm. Man, so mm. much crap has happened that since I don't 2016. know when it was. The world even never since 2016. No. Yeah, so, <laughs> so the filming wrapped in 2016, but keep in mind that's like... It still takes a while to actually yeah, uh, post and all, post that, and all that. that. Yeah, and then the allegations happened in like October 
of 2017. I'm so. surprised they even forward with the movie. Yeah, honestly. I mean, sometimes you just kind of have to do it. I mean, yeah. That is kind of weird that they did that. Like, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it, going. It, anyway, it has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. So. so what does this mean for Trump? Is, are these impeachable offenses? So yeah. He's in, now... In normal, we got to wait. To well, okay, so here's the thing. Is like In a normal Congress, what we know now is already impeachable. Because, yeah. like, like, by definition, he is... He's... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Complacent? Uh, implicit. Sure. That sounds correct. Um, Implicated? Implicated? Sure, yeah. That's probably even better. Douchebag? Basically, from what's happened, he's... he's, Yeah. I mean, he's he's not been indicted. He's not been, like, charged or anything like that. But, like, in in a normal Congress, that's enough to, like, probably start impeachment hearings and all that kind of stuff. The thing is, is we have such an obstructionist Republican-led... Congress do anything. Yeah, they're not going to do anything. They'll never do anything. In fact, I was reading something I read it today. I forget what exactly it said, but like the official party line is, is like nothing's been proven. Like we can't even know for sure that Cohen, like what Cohen said, is true. That was the resounding, resounding message that Sarah Huckabee Sanders kept putting out at the press conference. Was, of course, she came forward and she talked about like you know they brought up the whole thing, where that you know God bless her, that one uh, girl got murdered by an illegal immigrant. Or whatever, and then there was a couple other things that they were talking about, and then she said three things that had nothing to do. Like it's like she wasn't even planning on addressing you can't. the whole the whole thing. And then everyone in the room, of course, came to the press conference because they wanted to hear like, okay, so what the hell's going on with you know with Cohen? Like, and she's like, oh yeah, like uh, President Trump said he didn't do it, and there's no charge being pressed, so you know don't talk about it. Like I don't have anything to say about it. And she, everyone that she went to was talking about it, and she's like, like I said. Uh, he hasn't. There's no charges against him. He hasn't been found guilty of anything. There was no law being broken. Next person. I was like, dude, just beep, 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 deflecting. You can't really talk about it. Too. So here's the here's the problem. So uh, the entire case is being um, uh, being kind of handled the at this current period of time. The the current rulings and stuff have been getting handled by the uh, I guess the upper state of New York uh, district attorney's office, which is one of the most uh, or Supreme Court office, or whatever the it, it's one of the most powerful courts actually. Um, in the United States, and uh, the problem is, is that they, if he, the prosecutor's office will probably not go through and try to put a case against a standing president because of the amount of the shitstorm that it would cause. They, it doesn't matter if it's Trump or not. Putting something like that against an active standing president could cause a lot of discourse, and uh, I mean, uh, and and just kind of a, I mean, it makes a shitstorm for the entire country and you don't want to have that happening and and kind of weakening the country at that point to foreign adversaries but uh you know the thing is is that it's completely possible that you can implicate the president at this point because of the uh because of the relations that are being drawn with this but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do it they'll find a more roundabout way to handle it and really if they uh wanted to go through and actually press charges against him um, you'd need to get him out of office first. And that's what I think that you were trying to get out of, uh, Brad, whenever you were talking about the Reddit post. Um, and that's completely, completely logical. Um, that has been actually a statement that's been said by that uh, court, that specific court there in New York um, in the past. Those prosecutors don't want to sit there. And even though it's the right thing to do, um, what's the wrong thing to do is to endanger the entire country's well-being for one 
specific case, uh, yeah. even if it means multiple charges against a person who's done some very bad things. doesn't matter what the situation may be, if it was uh-huh. the Nixon situation or something else. And one, I forgot who asked me this question. I think it was some, it was someone of our buddies from work. They asked what our overall, like GDP. It, no, not GDP. Not the GDP thing. <laughs> not the GDP. Oh God. It was, what's the, our overall outlook on, you know, our future for the country? Just in general, is it like optimistic or is it pessimistic? And I kind of had to think about that for a while. And I said, generally, yeah, I guess anyone in their shoes, if you weren't a Trump supporter, you would absolutely say it is overall like pessimistic. And not because, you know, just because there's like, I guess if you're against Trump, you would say that there is a fear of him getting reelected in 2020. But what I said was, it is mixed, both optimistic and pessimistic. Yeah, anything can happen, as as we've been shown in the last, you know, two years. Anything can happen. But at the same time, honestly, it is kind of weird to say this. It, it's like what I've seen so far from this whole campaign, the whole presidency so far, the whole, like, what our administration, what it's shown us is that if you have enough political backing and you come from a good, a good place where, you know, you have money or whatever, it doesn't matter what happens to you. It doesn't matter what you say. You can get away with a lot if you have enough, like, political backing. And just like you were saying, like, you know, it doesn't necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, and it's like, you know, this it's one thing to like kind of like, you know, some people have seen that like firsthand before, but for the entire country to see it and then not have anything happen at all where everyone's just kind of upset. We have people divided like every day more and more over the media. Like, you know, even when this stuff was being reported, Fox News reported on, you know, that uh, woman who was. Unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, murdered by the yeah the, Molly. Like, uh, I, I can't remember her last yeah. name, but yeah, she's been like you know it's and people are like you know pointing fingers like oh look at Fox and everyone kind of looks at like politics as like a football team, and it's not like this is your country that's you know being affected. This is your livelihood that's being affected. <laughs> There's yeah, this is like actual real life. It's like not like something like it's not fantasy football league anymore. Like this is your future that you're having to like plan for. And I guess this is kind of a wake up call for everyone who is. You know, not really into politics, and it's kind of sad to say, but it's like even if Trump doesn't get elected and reelected in 2020, if he does get impeached or whatever, and like you know Mike Pence takes over or whatever, all this kind of shows is just like you can get away with a lot. You can say it; things can come out about you, allegations come out you, proof can come out come out about you, and people, the general American populace would be like either, oh that's horrible, you know, and then forget about it, or. They'll be like, hey, he, you know, he's a human being, whatever, just move on. And then everything will be fine. So, yeah, I want to, like, you know, I want some of that. <laughs> I want to, um. There's, I mean, I feel like, okay, yeah, you're right. It is a mixed, mixed bag for the future of the country. Like, good, good things are going to come out of this or that. People are going to, like you said, they're, they're going to realize that you, you can get away with a lot. Yeah. And people have been getting away with stuff for a long time. But now it's so out in the open we're going to recognize it as a real problem and hopefully attack it and uh, make new campaign finance laws, reform, election reform, all that stuff, uh, lock down the security process for all of that so we can't get hacked or whatever. Uh, people also though, don't realize that Russia has you know, like always been a thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's just ramping up. It seems like it's ramping up. Um, but that's the thing that is going to be harped on for a long time now too. Uh, and that's, a, that's kind of a good thing. To, yeah. To just your it's just weird that like you know, '90s kids are just like, "Holy shit, what's going on?" And we have to actually, because when you know, you're growing up, you're, you know, like you're saying you grew up with like 
playing like N64 or Super Nintendo or whatever, and like that, that was just you. And it's like, you come a long way to become dealing with this kind of type of stuff. And I know it's, it's yeah. the same for any generation where it's like, one day it's like, okay, I care about like politics, but I didn't think I was going to be in like, you know, my mid 20s, like, dude, we have to do something about yeah. this. Hey, you know, you know, I better fucking vote yeah i don't know if y'all been keeping up a little bit i am registered to vote i'm ready to vote i'm, I'm registered as well i, I know I, very soon because I, I know who i'm voting for yeah gonna go red <laughs> <laughs> but no for real like have y'all been keeping up at all with like beto yeah i have yeah, he's very close he's a pretty good guy polls, at least. there yeah. was there was actually something that came out recently too with ted cruz where he might have violated did they ever do their spanish uh debate no they yeah. haven't had an like something that I've been kind of noticing um, is that like wherever I go, I see I'm not gonna say like a lot, but I see signs for Beto. Oh yeah. I've never once seen a, a Ted Cruz sign anywhere. If you, I'm not gonna give my address, but if you go drive throughout my neighborhood, uh, I'm gonna say it's near you UNT. Uh, near UNT, let's just say that. <laughs> but uh, if God, I shouldn't have said that. I'm going to get fucking doxxed now. <laughs> no, um, if you drive through my neighborhood, there's I have, I've not seen a single Ted Cruz sign. It's it's all Beto. Like, every, almost every single house has a Beto. Like, I don't think nobody Beto. actually likes Beto. They deal with Beto. Or not Beto. Uh, Ted Cruz. Ro- I was Cruz, like, yeah. I was like, like <laughs> damn. Like he's, he's so nice. Uh. No, um, no, something I was going to say, though, is that like in, in my parents' neighborhood, I remember, like, back uh, around 2016. Did you get really hazy? Oh, oh, oh bitchin'. Yeah, yeah, you start to get more of the yeast. Anyway, uh, so back during, like, the 2016 election, I remember when I would go drive to my parents' house, going around, like, the corner there. There's, I remember seeing a house with, uh, you know, a Trump yard sign. But now, nowadays, when I've been driving to their house, uh, the house, like, next to whatever the house was, I'm pretty sure, has a Beto sign there. It's just like, just like, yeah, stick it to him. Beto. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a fair amount of Beto signs as well. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a, some in Fort Worth whenever I go down to Bantrax and stuff. Uh, there's some in Dallas here yeah. and there. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot in Denton. Uh, yeah, I'm just seeing some even, like, before I moved. Like, for me, like, you know, I'm definitely probably on board with um, a lot of the things that, you know, Beto's for and all that kind of stuff. But, like, yeah, for know, sure. Like, 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 I have to say at least, like, 75% of it is just, you know, Get Ted Cruz out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Beto does a good job of blue waves coming, I guess. Uh, I mean, we'll see. But, you know, the thing with Beto is that he encompasses what I think Texans, uh, what a lot of Texans, and I, I'd like to hope a majority of them generally support. You know, the thing is, is that he supports for uh, veterans' rights, and that's that's one of those, and I'm not trying to sound like a campaign you know, supporter of him or anything like that, part of his campaign trail or anything. I'm not going to say if I necessarily will vote for him or not even. That's my own personal thing. But, you know, one of the things that he encompasses, a lot of Texans, and Texas, I think, has the greatest contributor of uh, members to the armed forces um, enlistment-wise mm-hmm. out of any other state in the United States. I don't know if that's still true, but I'm pretty sure it is. I remember a long time ago when I looked it up, it was the case. And he supports a lot of veteran rights. There's a lot of veterans who are hurting out there 
and who are, um, you know, I mean, just generally, they're not getting their GI Bill. They're not getting to go to the VA and get the medical help that they need after serving, um, whether that be physically or mentally. And, you know, a lot of people voted for Trump just for the reason of, well, he's the one who's mentioning, you know, uh, taking care of the veterans, which is a very important thing, but he never followed through with that. Yeah, I you mean, know? he... he, he yeah, he. It's. Oh, yeah, and also Actually, space no, I, force. I got Well, and and they do, but the thing is that conservatives don't know how to enact them without having to follow certain, I feel like, maybe more liberal ideal sets. Because it's a similar thing as Social Security, which Social Security is a more liberal idea brought upon uh, by the Great Depression, you know, um, trying to get out of that shit. Um, but, you know, the thing that Beto also does is uh, he 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 believes in gun rights, uh, or I mean in gun laws, but he doesn't believe that taking away guns. He, he's a perfect, he I'm going to keep like it short, medium. short, sweet to the point, you know. He's a guy who skateboards, is about, you know, punk rock, you know, let pot be grown and let cities decide if they want it. You know, let's there be more, you know, support for um, immigrants that are coming in that are going by the legal standard and have an actual system built in place since we are probably the largest border to uh, another country more than any other state out there. And also, you know, he is still connected and uh, with the youth or with the younger generation as well as understanding what it's means to be a family man and also you know the, the other biggest biggest thing is that he's not supported by uh super PACs, you know yeah, and that's roots. i think he's got like a really he's grassroots well and that's the thing is that he yeah. is and i said this many times before he but he looks very liberal yeah he, he, he looks very liberal yeah because all the republicans are so far right you can't see him anymore yeah. he's a texan liberal a true Texan liberal, a true Texan liberal, and I say this, and this is a term that I make up, but I think a Texan liberal is somebody who supports individual rights, but, you know, that the government should help out where it can. Not where it believes it should, but where it can help out. Where it can help out on, you know, small bits and pieces here and there, and let the individual and the person decide for themselves. So, well, most people moderate should be, but you know, with also the idea that people should still be allowed to have guns and support the military kind of I deal. Think I love guns. I, you know, it's hit and miss depending on what state you're in. Depending on the moderate. Depending on the moderate, I think a, uh, I think a Coloradian. Uh, well, actually, no, Colorado had more guns than Texas did. To be yeah, honest with you. Yeah, he's got a hand cannon, and he just got done smoking a joint outside. You know, I mean, like I gotta say, I I honestly don't know. But in in that in that point, though, you know, most people would view him as liberal here in Texas, ultra liberal. But if you went up to Chicago or like in New York or maybe say uh, Washington is probably the best example. If you were to be up in Washington, they would say that he was still very much so moderate, maybe even lightly conservative with a lot of his ideas because he doesn't necessarily support you know full on like open the borders let them all in he just suggests the idea of treat them like actual human beings and actually make a process that doesn't tear their kids away but you know understand that we have a responsibility on this hemisphere of the the world yeah 
And we took that mantle up years ago whenever we decided to sit there and act like big badasses. Mm. And, I mean, yeah, we should take care of our people first, too, which is why he takes care of the Patriots, the ones that actually were in the military and stuff like yeah. that. But, you know, it, there's there's many, many sides to this coin, it feels like, or more like a die than anything else, yeah. and that you should probably try to cover all of them, not just focus on just one side. Yeah. But, um, Needless to say, you know, don't really like to try to pick sides publicly, but, you know, I definitely think he's a, he's a, he's a great guy. He's got a lot of good ideas for Texas. But Hillary's emails. I don't even think that he necessarily even supports Hillary. I don't. I mean, it's, yeah. it's my knowledge. What we can all agree. What we, what, what we can all agree here is Ted Cruz is the Zodiac killer. Uh, so you know that's definitely something that we don't want in our Texas office. We will not surrender. What's that from? I know he Ted Cruz said, said that. that. I know he said that, but like, what, what was he referencing? I have no idea, dude. Galaxy Quest. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we've been keeping track of, on it with our snazzy new score sheets. So our score sheets. We 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 also plan to have these available on our website, so that way I know we talk a lot about uh, our beer ratings on the cast, and we never really record them. But so that way, you, our viewer, our listeners and viewers, can uh, reference it. We will have it available on our website, hopefully. Um, at the same time as whenever we're releasing the actual uh, cast online. Uh, that way you can go ahead and see what we thought of the beer and make an educated decision for yourself next time you're over at your local uh, craft beer headquarters. Yeah. And if so, you... um, so we're going to go around the table like we normally do, but uh, this time let's you know, change it up a little bit. Uh, so like I mentioned before, we have our five categories, aroma, appearance, flavor, mouthfeel, and overall impression. Each of those have a score. Um, just as a like, quick rundown, aroma is kind of 12. Appearance is at a three, flavor is at a twenty, mouthfeel at a five, and overall impression at a ten for a total score out of fifty. So what I'd like us to do when we go around is you know give your thoughts about the beer, but also you know like really go through and you know say what score you gave each category, and then you know give your overall impression, you know, just so we know like what each you know uh, category is making. Because I know I've got a couple categories that are really high on here, and a couple categories that are a little bit lacking. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, we, we we can. Definitely talk about that. Um, I had another note, but if I think about it, I won't mention it. Zach, start telling us about your thoughts. Why the hell are you going the other way, man? The other way? We always go this way. No, we don't. We start over the other direction. No, I we thought. start your side. Start do you, you want to go this way? Hey, wait, I can go first. It's fine. Well, okay. Let me go ahead and get started here. Um, aroma. I gave it a 7 out of 12. The reason uh, for it was because... Well, there's no reason for it. I mean, it's more so... My notes on that were that it was uh, a fruity beer, uh, in my mind, reminiscent to a sour. I didn't smell grass clippings like I do with a lot of uh, farmhouse sales, which is what uh, tonight's uh, category, or I I guess you could say type of beer, was. Um, I do also want to note that uh, one of the special ingredients in this beer was uh, raspberry. Um, And for appearance, I gave that one a 3 out of 3. I thought it was perfect in appearance, and it was exactly what I was expecting, plus a little bit more because of how large the beer was. I felt like um, overall it did keep an, a relative consistency. Um, it was cloudy. Um, it had a normal head all the way through the pour and generally held a amber color 
that I found was uh, very attractive for the style of beer that we were drinking tonight. Uh, the flavor, you can definitely taste the raspberry. I felt like it was a very heavy flavor. I felt like it was slightly hoppy and um, generally uh, reminded me a bit of like a sour very light one, and I think that was just for the fact that it was brewed with raspberries. So for that category, I gave it a 14 out of 20. Um, for the mouthfeel, nothing special. Uh, pretty run-of-the-mill. Uh, it had a very good carbonation to it. Uh, I just want to make a note that uh, from what we've heard, the beer uh, that we were drinking tonight, uh, it was in the same size bottle at the Bearded Monk a year ago. And Brad, I'll let you go ahead and touch on this. Oh, but A few years ago, yeah. Um, you know, and the cork was backing out of the top of it because there's so much beer in there and because it did have that, I guess maybe more so natural carbonation brought on by yeast instead of actually forced carbonation. And because of that, uh, there's a lot of yeast in that bottle. I can already tell, man. So it would become more carbonated all the way through. And because of that, I think that that kind of contributed to the good carbonation. So like I said, three out of five in that category, overall impression, I'm going to go ahead and start out with that score. That was a 7 out of 10 to me. Um, I felt like it was a very good uh, beer for a farmhouse ale, but I did feel that it was a little heavy on the hoppiness um, as compared to uh, some of the other farmhouse ales that we had, such as, uh, who does Iceman? Iceman is actually cider. Angry Orchard. But that's Angry Orchard. Angry, well, what was the one that we did that they also do that was a farmhouse ale? It was one of those larger... The straw man, it kind of reminded me of straw man for that reason. And I've had a couple other farmhouse sales in the past, but I can't remember the name, the reason why we're going to start doing the score sheets. Um, But uh, I felt like it was a little hoppy. And uh, those of you that listen to the cast know that I'm not necessarily a huge fan of IPAs. I look for drinkability and it is definitely very drinkable. Um, Solid, like I said, seven out of 10. To be honest, I would, uh, I would drink it if uh, I had all my buddies to go in on it with me me like how we did tonight um but i would not seek this out and have it on my own generally because of the size uh more than anything else but for what it is worth i have found this before in smaller sizes but given that this is probably a semi-old beer i don't think that they have that size anymore right right well and so uh for that uh total score would come out to 34 points out of 50 Mm-hmm. I enjoyed their aroma. Uh, I, I could smell a little bit of the malt. It was sweet and fruity, definitely from probably from the raspberry. Um, moving on to appearance, I gave the appearance a, a two out of three. Uh, reason being, it was amber colored. You know, like kind of like it, like mm-hmm. an ale should be, and it wasn't clear. You know, like an ale should should be super clear. Right. Um, and it stayed not clear. You know, the more you you got and stuff. So it, it didn't was- get a perfect score because it, I mean, like. Yeast isn't bad, but I feel like a beer could be generally the same color, and it definitely is dark, you know, with the yeast and stuff. Could you uh, enlighten us? I know you and Brad are more so the uh, the beer aficionados. Um, would you be able to tell me, is the farmhouse ale supposed to be a filtered beer, traditionally speaking? I feel like with the name farmhouse, it would be more kind of grassroots, kind of just natural fermentation. As we know, it's not forced carbonated. Um, would you not want to have it filtered? Is a farmhouse ale... Okay. It being an ale in general. Um, but uh, anyway, moving on to flavor. Uh, flavor, I gave it an 8 out of 20. Um, not quite a full half. 
beating the aftertaste to me wasn't that good. Mm. And Zach was right when he said it was like a kind of like a sour, and that's also why it lost points to me because that's that's not the right style. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was very tart and fruity in the beginning. Um, I didn't get too many hops in there. I could definitely taste the malt kind of throughout, but it wasn't it wasn't really up there. It definitely more malt taste I think would help it. Um, so eight out of twenty for that. Mouthfeel four out of five. That's because it had very good carbonation. Um, overall impression I gave it a five out of ten, and the, the total score happened to kind of line up with that. Arn, cool. Scott. Um. Yeah. So for aroma, I gave it an eight out of twelve. Um, I said it had like a rich root smell to it. Um, it kind of made me think of something dark um, and kind of like a bittery smell to it as well. Um, as far as appearance, I just gave it a three out of three. Um, although I, I said it was burnt orange as opposed to amber, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I have an SRM meter if you would like to compare it. Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> Give me um, that. For flavor, uh, I gave it a 15 out of 20. Um, for me, I was a little disappointed. Like, it doesn't quite taste like a raspberry, and it doesn't quite taste like a ras or like a farmhouse ale. So, I don't know. I I docked it down to 15 because um, it was just sort of hints of raspberry, but it, its finish was more bittery or tart. Which, which I don't know. I, I kind of like, but I like it if you have more flavor. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I totally get you. Get you. Mouthfeel, I really liked the way this felt. I, I felt kind of a creaminess, and it had good carbonation to it. So I gave that a five out of five. Overall impression, I gave it a seven out of ten. Um, I said it was like a good combo, but it was neither a raspberry or a farmhouse, in my opinion. Mm. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. And so overall, it was a 38 out of 50, or about a 7.5. Nice. Or, I'm sorry, 7.3. Which is probably where I would have placed it, to be right. honest. Because yeah. I, I was excited, but it didn't it didn't quite live up to what I wanted it to be. Yeah, right, yeah. Hmm. Bye. All right, so for Aroma, give it an 8 out of 12. Um, the one thing that kind of put me off was is it's kind of acidic and almost kind of mildewy smell. Mm-hmm. Because it's I know it's fermented, like, basically fruit. So I don't like that smell, but yeah. like overall, I mean, it's, it's, it was okay. It yeah. smelled like raspberries. It's kind of, it kind of hit your nose the same way initially that a cider or like mead would hit you where you can kind of smell the alcohol a little bit. And then it kind of just the other, like, you know, aromas would hit you in like the fruit aroma. Um, for appearance, I gave it a three out of three cause that color was awesome. It was a 14, the SRM was like four, 14, I guess to 22. Um, did definitely have like a blood orange type of color, but like less clear. So I thought it was cool looking. Um, one thing I did put at the very end, cause I got one of the last pours was that it got hazier as you got toward the bottom of the bottle, which is, you know, normal cause there's yeast at the bottom. Um, flavor, I got 15 out of 20 and that's just because, uh, that kind of fermenty taste, I guess that you get with fruit beers, I guess, where it was good. It had really tangy and, uh, bubbly aftertaste. The carbonation was, uh, was actually for mouthfeel. Well, yeah, no, it was. Just, I thought it was. It was good like, overall. Um, I like the taste of it. Mouthfeel a three out of five. It had really, really strong carbonation, which was good, but I didn't like how the aftertaste was kind of tart on the tongue. It was weird. And I, 
Yeah. And then also, because I got one of the last pours of the beer. At, toward the end, it kind of got like, eh, I don't know. So, three out of five for that one. Overall, I gave it eight out of ten. Right. Uh, I overall liked it. It was I thought it was pretty good. It's just, I guess as it went on, I was like, hmm, kind of expected more. But it was good. So, the total was 37 out of 50 for me. So, All right. I, I was pretty good. I, I would drink it again, but I wouldn't drink it alone because... It's a big ass beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, starting with aroma, I give it a ten out of twelve. I actually really like the aroma. What the fuck? Like, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just playing. I'm playing. I think like the just because like I mean I know you guys like uh, you know beer's not your favorite alcoholic drink, so you guys are usually you know drinking something else. But for me, like, whiskey. Yeah, for me, for me beer's beer's my favorite. That's my that's my go to alcoholic drink. So I think the fruitiness like blended something like just different enough that I really liked it. Like, it gave, me, like, gave it a nice raspberry aroma that I really enjoyed. Um, appearance is a three out of three. I described it as a hazy pinkish orange was was what it looked like to me. So amber. <laughs> hey, man, I said burnt orange. I said so blood to orange. To me, it was different than amber, though. But, uh, I, if you got a blood orange and you put it in a cup, that's what it would look like. I mean, yeah, for the, for the style, it's appropriate. You know, it's, it's supposed to be hazy for, for mm. a farmhouse. I think the raspberries is what gave it kind of like a pinkish hue. Uh, flavor, I gave it 13 out of 20. I was really kind of disappointed by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Like, 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 I just drank it, and it, like, for, for, like, how we hyped this up, it pulled up short. I think we can all kind of agree on that based upon our total score and overall impression, so, too. But go ahead. That's you know, like what, what happened for me there. Uh, mouthfeel, 4 out of 5. It was light for me for the style. That's kind of expected. Farmhouse is not supposed to be a very heavy drink. So, you know, that's kind of how I got out of that. Uh, overall impression was a 7 out of 10. Uh, it was decent. Like I said, it pulled up short of what we hyped it up for. So, you know, um, like for for a farmhouse ale, which is supposed to be kind of, I mean, like, you know, just kind of take like a general ale. But, like, with farmhouse ales, the way that that kind of, like, started is that, you know, you're on the farm. You can't really get to a city. So, you know, you got to make your own beverages. you got to fermenting it yourself. And what they're doing is uh, fermenting it with, like, you know, at the time, they were fermenting it with their own wild yeast and wild bacteria that was in the air and in, in the area. Mm-hmm. And that gives it a natural sourness and tartness. And that's kind of what I got out of this. So farmhouse ales tend to be just a little bit tart, a little bit sour, not quite full like a sour beer, but you definitely get that sour tart flavor, which is definitely what I got from this. It definitely, uh, to me, it hit the style pretty, pretty well. Um, well, but see, I think that armadillo does a much better farmhouse ale. You have a farmhouse ale? Yeah. Or isn't that what Greenbelt mm, No, that one right there is more of a... Uh, fuck. Uh, it's not a farmhouse. I will say that. It's some kind of... Uh, What's Greenbelt? I thought it was. It's an IPA. Somebody look that up because I'm pretty sure it's not a farmhouse. What I will say, though, is that I think that we can all agree upon that this wasn't exactly what we were hoping for. And I think that that kind of has to do with the hype. Not just brought up by us leading up to the cast, yeah. but also be like, yeah, no, it's a it's a farmhouse ale. Well, I apologize for that. Okay, so I really like Greenbelt, and to me, Greenbelt is much better. And it could be different, like, um, like I can't speak for Armadillo because I don't know the process, but they might be using a more controlled strain of yeast. Considering that it's one of their ones that you can buy, I believe at the store even yeah, it's yeah, one of their yeah. standard distribution. The I like it is because literally it's across the street from me at Winco, so I can go there. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, but, yeah, like I said, I can't speak for them, but I'm assuming that they're using a slightly more controlled strain of yeast um, for, for that. Uh, but um, What did you say that your total was? Did you uh, present that yet? My total was 37 out of 50. Hey, it's it was like, mine, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Mine was 30. So, I did 34 on mine. So I'm, the, I'm considering 37 like the perfect average mark. Uh, if, we, if you look down at the bottom left of your judging sheet, uh, you've got the different uh, ranges for what they consider outstanding, excellent, very good. good. Considered very good is, yeah, so, so is what we've given it as. Yeah, 37. Like this beer falls into the very good range. It hits the style guidelines, but it's not amazing. That flavor was can sweet. I can I I mean my theory that I was saying uh, you know I think that it wasn't even just the fact that we were hyping it up because it was like it was well no because of our reunion and because of the giant bottle um, and actually going back to the giant bottle I think really what they try to do and I I don't think that you guys will be able to see the bottle our listeners and viewers but they have a little comic on there um you know it's it's a very stylized artwork on the yeah. bottle it is just generally a, a novelty sized bottle as well as the price tag being as high as it is i think it actually lends to the marketing and hype up by the company not just by us as a as as a podcast team here um i i, I think that's kind of what they go for though i and i'd like to speak to that um, cuz uh, like i said the brewery here was prairie yes uh, No matter what, it's still a huge price tag for a huge bottle. It's not yeah. like you can buy a six pack, yeah, which yeah. would be probably about the same amount, right? Yeah. Maybe a little bit less. Blood, blood honey, honey. Blood, blood honey. And like, to me, I hate I that. Just, I just gotta say real quick. I I absolutely hate that. I hate the beer. I I, I understand what they're trying to do, but I I've had it multiple times. Every time I had it, I regret it. Fuck you, Scott. That's a better combination of the acidicness and the sweetness with a beer than this was. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, to speak to your point, Joseph, I think you're right. <laughs> just because, like, when I, when I was first getting into beer, I saw Blood and Honey in the stores, and, like, just, like, its packaging and, like, everything, like, really drew me to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, you know, like, at the time, it was still craft beer, and it's a, it's a really good one. I will drink Blood and Honey. Good. I'll it's drink good. Blood and Honey any day. The problem is, is that they've been bought by Miller Coors. By big, by big fucking company. Exactly. So they're not craft anymore. So, unfortunately. Um, My point was, though, I think they do a better combination of flavors than what this is. Would you say that this is the Dark Souls of beer? 
Bobby, I don't, I don't even know what that would be. <laughs> Hold on. I guess that would be like Stone IPA or something. Dude, I have a question. Did you guys mark any descriptor definitions? I did, actually. Uh, so we'll go around. I'll, I'll start real quick. Um, kind of astringent. Like, there's a couple of the descriptors in there that I think were relevant. Yeah. Um, for me, definitely S3. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, sour acidic. That's what I marked down. Uh, Zach? Mild alcoholic, um, sour acidic, and yeasty. Uh, I did like a half kind of check for the acetaldehyde, but only because of the aroma. And uh, alcoholic is another kind of a half. I... I got to say real quick, I forgot to mention I did have uh, the the green apple acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde, yes. I did also have that as well. put a dimethyl sulfide DMS a little bit because there actually kind of was that weird I guess this was the last pour it was mainly that one of the last pours uh, definitely S3 as well musty for sure there was definitely kind of a ooh smell to it like the, some of the, remo- or the, or the, the uh, aroma yeah. and then of course sour acidic and I would agree with, with Scott on yeasty toward the end right. toward the end like, yeah. more the bottle drained I felt like yeah, there was like, yeah, all the yeast was like yeah. sitting on the bottom and so, they uh, stirred up one thing I want to say is like I love this column because especially when you're doing like liquor tasting uh-huh. um, one of the things they ask you to do is like try and pick out flavors that you taste and stuff like that right. and for every single person it's going to be something different yeah. like I don't know how many podcasts I've listened to where it's like you know they're drinking bourbon and it's like oh I get I get the wood I get the chair yeah. I get the oh blah blah I mean it's like this just goes to show how each one of us we had kind of similar stuff, but then we each also picked up something different. And like, yeah, it's something I've noticed when I've like been trying to like, like um, you know, notate my tastings and stuff like that is that sometimes that you need a prompt, you need something to tell you, do you taste this? Problem is though, you can actually influence someone's flavor. Yeah, and you know, that, that's that's also true. But um, like you know, on that note, like I, I do want us to get like some of these. Yeah, some more 33 bottles up here. Yeah, yeah, because, like, um, it's got, you know, this wheel down here with all the types of right, flavors right. of those, and it'll, like, really give us a kind of a one-to-five, you know, sort of thing about that. Uh, you know, Joseph, we've done those books for years. Yeah. Uh, I just pulled out my stash of those. But, um, well, and, and I'm not saying it's bad. I just, I, I like it because it actually gets you to think about the beer, maybe pick out some stuff that you like or dislike. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay, so um, I think we've thoroughly dissected this beer. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 
Go play Dark Souls. Go play Dark Souls. <laughs> don't don't buy the trilogy though. Just yeah. go play. It. Uh, <laughs> ah, you can do whatever you want. Don't commit election fraud. Spend about seven to eight hundred dollars on your entry level gaming PC. Um, and be sure to check us out on all of our channels: beersatheroundtable.com, uh, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, all the others. If you can find a podcast on there, there's a good chance you should be able to find us on there. If you can't, let us know and we will get on there. We, we will be there. Um, so, yeah, uh, season two, episode three, we're going to continue to try and do like these weird, different things, like a big ass giant bottle of beer and you know things like that. If you have a recommendation of something that you'd like us to do, uh, let us know and we will we will certainly give it a try. Bobby's, Bobby's displaying our wonderful bottle of beer there. This thing is still this thing is still really heavy. That reminds me heavy. of uh, China University on uh, Adult Swim. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Adult Swim, please support China, us. China, China, Illinois, please, uh, please support us. Adult Swim. But yeah, so <laughs> you know, thanks for joining us. Uh, hope you join us next time, which would hopefully be sooner than it was this past. Yeah, time. sorry about that, guys. It's been, a, it's been a busy summer for all five of us. Oh sure. man. Yep. So uh, I'll be married probably by the next time we do a podcast. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, maybe we'll do a podcast. Right season. before the marriage. Yeah, I think at, at the well, I'm trying to plan. Well, I'm trying to plan something before, like that day of, that we actually do something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, stay tuned. You know, watch our Facebook. There's always updates on there. Um, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Join us next time. Uh, be sure to crack the cold one with the. We live each day like there's nothing to lose, but a man has needs, and that need is food.